My name is Aaron Porter. I am the uh, managing director for Royal Insurance here. Um, me and my team work together to, uh, you know, educate and educate you on best practices and um, solutions inside of the inside of the insurance industry um, for specifically for you, the real estate investors. Um, cause that's all that we deal with. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I do, um, for, for a day job. Um, and you know, there's a whole bunch of other things about me that I'm a, I'm an open book if you want. So, um, Eric, can you speak a little bit about your real estate experience? Because I know that you, um, have owned like commercial properties and residential properties and, and done a lot of there too. I think like you've divested a lot of those assets. Uh, given like the current market. Uh, but if you could speak just a little bit to your past about your real estate uh, experience, I think I would give in your business experience and probably give everybody a flavor for uh, what some of your background looks like. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, so um, big background is I grew up in the um, automotive field. Um, my dad owned a small little uh, mechanic shop. And so I, I learned how to fix cars from the time that I was in diapers. Um, and I worked with my dad for a long, long time. Um, after I moved out and all the things, um, I got my first step into real estate, um, was actually, um, in, in another family business with my father-in-law. Um, he owns, he's a, he's a land developer and he owns, um, a bunch of, uh, mobile home parks, um, where the, the houses actually are anchored to the ground and they're there forever. Um, he owns a couple of RV parks as well. Um, and I was able to, in the five-ish years that I worked with him, um, I actually partnered with him on a couple of deals inside of the uh, mobile home parks. Um, I have, and then, and then it went on from there. Um, I've owned a few different, um, long-term rentals. I've owned some commercial properties, like Scott said, um, with, uh, I owned a pawn shop at one time. I owned, um, a, an automotive repair facility. Um, and I, I have, like Scott said, I've divested out of, out of just about everything at the moment. Um, but, um, as, as things you know, change. I'm always looking for another something else to step into. I've got a pretty wide background of what I've done. Um, and so, yeah, it's always, always the next thing, right? All right. Awesome. Okay. So like I, like we said at the beginning of the, of the, of the movie of the, uh, presentation here, my name is Aaron Porter. I am the managing director for Royal Insurance, meaning, that I know a little tiny bit about insurance and I have really, really great people around me that know all of the things insurance. And so if I don't know it, I go and ask them and they get us, they, they, they set us straight. Um, so um, today we're going to talk about, you know, asset protection with land trusts and how it works with insurance um, and then we're going to delve a little bit into um, the property and casualty insurance and what pitfalls and what to look for and that kind of stuff. Um, and we'll try to go through it fairly quickly because it looks like we've got a little bit less than 30 minutes. So I'm going to go real quick. 
Um, and if you have some, if you have some questions or something, I breeze over something way too fast, either throw it into the chat. Maybe we'll be able to get to it or, um, somewhere in here is going to be a link that you can send me an email or you can, uh, book an insurance consult with me and we can go over. All right. Um, so that was a picture of me. Here's a picture of our lovely man, Scott, um, and all the things Royal, uh, in Royal legal. Um, so common myths, um, my carrier won't allow land trusts. That is a myth. There are very few carriers that won't. They do exist, but most carriers, you all you have to do is you have to add your land trust. And like we were saying a few minutes ago, add your land trust, add your operating company as additional insured on your policy. Um, insurance policies are public record. We touched that just a little bit ago as well. They are not, they cannot be accessed. You cannot see who's insured, what it's insured for, or any of that information. You cannot find what is on your policy unless you give someone permission to it. Um, I have a trust, so I don't need the insurance protection. Um, I mean, if you want to, if the trust protects each individual piece of your, of your property, right? And so, you know, if somebody comes after you and wants to sue you, they're still going to know that you own the property that, that they're staying in. The trust owns that property, right? They can't see that you own other properties, but they know that that property is still there. And so you are still liable for that one property inside of that trust. And so if you want to run the risk of getting sued, having an accident, having a car run into it, you know, hail, flood, fire, you want to run the risk of paying for out of pocket, those damages, those expenses, those accidents, then you're right. You don't need insurance. But if you don't want to pay for those catastrophes, insurance is a really cheap in cheap way to cover off on those. Um, the cheapest insurance is all I need. Um, we're going to go through that in a little bit. In, and, and, and a little bit what we touched on with Chris with having dis, different risk levels. Um, you know, if, if you are in the position of the cheapest insurance is all you need because you can cover any expenses that might incur above and beyond your policy levels, that's fantastic. And I support you in that. But at the same time, I'm going to tell you that having a higher level on your insurance, having those higher um, um, limits in your policies, it's relatively cheap when you look at the cost of some other things. Now, there are exceptions to that. Um, I did a, I did a, I had a client down by Houston who, who wanted wind and hail on one of his rental properties. Um, putting wind and hail on his rental property in Houston was, it, it took the policy from being $600 a year to being $5,000 a year. And it took his deductible from being, um, it was either $500 or $1,000 to being um, $5,000. Um, and 
So basically that means that in, in a single year, he could pay for the price of a roof because your average roof, in my experience, has been about $10,000. The average roof on an average house is around that $10,000 mark. And so, you know, he still wanted the wind and hail. And so that's what he bought. Um, but on the flip side, if you are able to handle the bigger risk and say, okay, $10,000, if I need my roof, um, then we, we can cover it. Um, Chris has a quick comment here. Yes. Yeah, I, I went down this road where I considered, you know, basically only getting liability coverage and dumping the structural for, for the same reason that I was paying and still pay so much for structural that I could literally buy a house every year with the amount of money I pay. Where the rub was is that if you've got a lot of property in the same area and a hailstorm comes in and destroys a few of your roofs, now you're looking at more than the cost of one roof. Or if you've got a few houses next to each other and the fire goes to more than one house, you're replacing more than just one house. So just wanted to add that in there that uh, I went down there with that logic. And unfortunately, and I did the same thing as your client. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, and, and like I was saying, the cost to up your level of your insurance, it's usually a lot cheaper than having to pay for that catastrophe that comes and happens. Um, the next common myth, the last common myth that I'm going to talk about today is that your agent takes care of you. Your agent is there to make money. I have seen so many policies over the last year that, you know, they're multifamily houses and they're insured as a single family house. They're a, they say that the roof has been replaced, but it's 30 years old. The, they say that the siding is brick when really it's fiberboard. And they do these things to lower the cost of your insurance, your, your premium that you're paying out for your insurance. And uh, because they want to make that sale, right? They're there to make money. I'm, I'm here to make money. I want to make money on it. Okay. But I want to make sure that you're covered because that's more important to me. Right. So you are responsible at the end of the day. You need to make sure that your insurance is covering what you need it to. Okay. That's the, that's, that's the takeaway. All right, big picture, right? Insurance is just one part of the comprehensive system that helps you achieve financial freedom, reclaim your time, protect your assets, and build your legacy. So we protect your assets and we build your legacy. That's two of the, that, we have two pillars there inside of insurance that we're able to do. And, you know, that's, that's our portion. And then we, we pile it on, we, we, pilot on, not, not the best term, but we, uh, we stack that with your asset protection through RLS and we build that full castle that's going to protect you from all of the things. Um, so getting insurance with the trust, how it works, here's the screen, right? Carriers will never write it in the name of the trust. The policy will be written in your name personally. You can also write the policy in the name of an LLC, but that changes it from a personal line to a business line. 
And usually speaking, the personal lines are cheaper for the same coverage, right? Which is why we like to write them in your personal name. Now, if you have a group of, of houses, if you've got you know, a number of properties that you're going to insure, there are times when it makes sense to do a commercial policy. We do a lot of them. Um, and what we're able to do is we're able to list multiple properties under the same policy. And, and it can save, it can definitely save some money when we're able to do that. Um, trusts, operating companies, operating LLCs, management companies will be added as additional insureds. There are a couple of carriers that even when you do it this way, they will not allow the land trust. And if they will not allow the land trust, then we've got to get insurance from somewhere else. Because if that land trust is not on your policy, you will not be covered. They will deny a claim. If we don't set up your policy correctly, your claim will get denied. If you don't set your policy up correctly, your claim will get denied. I don't want that to happen. That sucks. I've been in that position before. I had a flood. A mouse chewed through the water line going to my bridge. $50,000 in damage. It sucked. And it's because I trusted my insurance agent and um, I got screwed. I mean, I didn't get screwed, but, you know, it still sucked. Um, make sure your insurance is set up correctly. Yes, Brendan. Yeah. So, you know, presuming that we cannot trust our, our insurance agent because they're out there to make money with <laughs> us. And yes. the risk that uh, we lose everything if our policy is not set up correctly. Do we all yes. need to become insurance agents to understand this? Uh, how much homework do you want to do? Okay, that's not the that question, much. right? I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm present and accounted for because I do all the homework, right? I've spent hundreds of hours studying insurance policies and proper setup and how to do this and how to do that and what what is required for all of the different pieces. Now, there's can you go to Geico's website and get insurance on your house? Sure you can. You definitely can. And there's a good chance that if you set up your insurance yourself through Geico, through Progressive, through whoever, without an insurance agent intermediary, there's a good chance you're going to save a little bit of money. Right? I go, I go to Geico's website and I get car insurance on my car. I, I fill out the quote and whatever. And it's, I think that they're like 15 or 20 bucks a month cheaper than if I run it through my agency. And annually, 15 to 20 bucks annually cheaper. Um, but you run the risk of it not being set up properly. You also have this, we're going to get into auto, the auto stuff. We're, we'll go through a quick slide here in just a minute. Um, and so my recommendation, find an agent that you can trust. 
that that's that is the best practice in the insurance world. Find an agent that you can trust. It doesn't have to be me. If it's not me, that's fine. I don't, you know, it's like that's great. Like, but finding yourself an agent that you can trust is imperative. I'm here to tell you best practices. That's that's what I'm here for. Um, who needs insurance? Everybody. Do you own a house? Do you are you part of a syndication? Do you operate a business or holding company? Do you have a car? You need insurance. Legally, you're required to have insurance. If you have a mortgage, you're required to have insurance. If you own a car and want to license it, you are required to have insurance. Now, there are, we'll, we'll talk about auto insurance in a minute. <laughs> um, so, like we said, land trusts make it look like you qualify for food stamps. Scott says that a lot, all the time, and nobody sues a beggar, right? Which is true, but they still see the asset that they're in and can sue you for. So let's make sure that that asset is properly protected from both liability and disaster, right? In, in, in actuality, it's cheap, you know? you get sued for somebody coming and breaking their ankle, you're looking at probably somewhere around $20,000 in the, at the beginning, plus lawyer fees and everything else. And so you don't want that have insurance pays for it. Um, we're going to hit landlord policies real quick. Um, there's, there's different levels of landlord and policies. Okay. So your, your basic landlord policy, this DP one, right here. Um, they value an actual cash value, right? That is going to be your cheapest policy. Actual cash value means we're going to take what it is worth. We're going to minus out the depreciation. That's what you're going to get paid through if you have a claim. On top of that, they only cover nine named perils. Sometimes there's only eight because sometimes they take out this windstorm and hail. Well, I guess technically it would be seven. Um, and it does not include personal property or liability, although those can be added to your DP1. Um, DP2 policies are replacement cost, which means that you're going to get paid what it costs to replace it, period. Right? They're a na it's a named risk policy. It's usually around 15 perils. Um, I can read it to you real quick. Let's see. Let me find it. Fire, lightning, internal, external explosion, windstorm, hail, civil commotion, smoke, aircraft and vehicles, volcanoes, riot, vandalism and mischief. Vandalism is not covered in a DP-1. Burglary is covered in a DP-2. It is not covered in a DP-1. Weight of ice and snow, glass breakage. Accidental discharge or overflow of water or steam, falling objects, freezing pipes, electrical damage, collapse, tearing a crack, tearing apart, cracking, burning, bulging. Chris, yes. Quick question, um, and this is through personal experience here. Uh, what have you seen in terms of arson? Uh, and it wasn't by my tenant, but I've seen some policies now where if it's intentional and it's your tenant uh, for a fire, 
that you're not covered as a landlord. Um, so, what is your thoughts on that or experience with that? So experience with it is yes. The, there are carriers that are starting to drop arson um, and, and they're starting to have some exclusions in and around who it was that actually started the fire. Um, and so I like to stay away from the carriers, it, it, but it all depends on your risk characteristic, right? It depends on, on, you know, do you want to have that risk? Do you not want to have that risk? So I can, well, at the very least, we can put it in either opinion, place. I want to at least know that I have that risk. I mean, when I, when I sign a policy and it says it covers fire, I, I assume it covers fire, whether, I mean, if I, I mean, gosh, I mean, there's some, I mean, if I didn't intentionally set it on fire, but my, let's say my tenant did, uh, that's exactly right. It, I, I want to be covered and where that also opens up a can of worms. And this is just because I want everybody to know, because, you know, learn through my, you know, personal experience, but I have a, um, a policy that cover or does not cover me if the tenant sets the fire. So, I know that that, I mean, I know now that that is what I'm at risk of, but what I'm also at risk of, which is happening to me right now is that there was arson. It was not the tenant, but because the, uh, this happened in January and you know, the police departments everywhere are stretched very thin and take forever to close a case. Um, the yep. case is still open and it's not public record who the person ca caused the fire. And because of that, I'm not getting, payment from the insurance company because they don't know with certainty or not that the tenant didn't cause the fire and the tenant was evicted a number of days before so even because there's that ambiguity there it, it's a it's a little loophole that the insurance company can delay payment um and at the very least i was totally ignorant that that was even an issue um and you know to your point i didn't have a good uh <laughs> insurance provider to let me know of those risks that's exactly right. That, and that's why I say it is on you to know what is covered, right? Now, I can send you a policy document, but you're not going to read the whole thing because it's like 30 or 40 pages. And it's every single house that you own is 30 or 40 pages. Are you going to go and read all of that? And are you going to understand what's in all of it? Now, it falls on us to to let you know what is covered. And, and so, Chris, you may have a, a window where you could go and sue your insurance agent under his error and omissions in being like, hey, you never let me know that I wasn't covered for this. And then they're going to have to go and say, oh, okay, well, you know, yes, that was true. No, it's not. Or, you know, maybe we covered it in here and you signed off on this page here, meaning that I'm not actually liable for you not knowing that you didn't have insurance in that way. Right. And, and to be more specific again, is that I will end up being covered on this. Um, I may have to sue them just to pay out. Um, because I'm not going to wait another two years for them to release the public record of this, you know, incident. But it was not my tenant who caused the fire. And, right. uh, you know, so they will pay out. But because they have that, it's a loophole for them to extend this for who knows how long. So it, right. that, and that's, that's just it. When, anytime, you have, anytime you have a police report come in, they are 
Um, until, until that police case is closed, until that case is closed, the insurance doesn't move forward. Right. The and in many cases, and so sometimes you have to force people them. for privacy reasons are, re are redacted. So it's like, you're never going to get that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we're running out of time. I'm trying to run really quick here. Um, your DP3 policies are the most comprehensive policy. They cover the most amount of things. They are the most expensive in relation to what a DP1 costs versus a DP3. There's still not that much um, price difference, uh, usually, usually. Wind and hail, that can cause your stuff to skyrocket. Um, and, and depending on the neighborhoods, you know, if, if, you're in a, if you're in a higher flood zone, if uh, the neighborhood is more likely to have um, arson, you know, in, in, in the case of, you know, sometimes the houses that we buy are in, um, what's, what's the political way of saying this, you know, um, poor sections poor areas. Um, sometimes those houses, the insurance on them is higher because the insurance carrier sees, Hey, we have more claims in this area. So we need to offset our cost on that by raising the premium. Um, with your primary residences, they're also very similar. Um, you have, you can get bare bones policies and you can get policies that cover everything. Right. Um, Oh, what did I do here? Umbrella policies. We're going to hit these really quickly. So umbrella policies only cover existing coverage inside of your base level policy. They increase your coverage in it. Um, a million dollars in umbrella coverage is usually in that 250 to $325 range. Each additional million is about another $100. Um, and they are the cheapest way to increase your coverage limits. But there are caveats in that most umbrella policies, if not all umbrella policies, require you to carry a minimum standard of coverage inside of your base policies, right? They're not going to let you go and put your policy level at the very lowest and then just get an umbrella on top because they're like, oh, that's not fair, according to the insurance company. Aaron, Aaron so is it a waste to have a minimum that is above what the umbrella is asking for? If you carry an umbrella, yes, it's totally a waste. Okay. Um, but if you don't carry an umbrella, then you know it, it, it can definitely make sense to have the extra coverage. Um, we're going to jump into auto stuff for just a second. Um, because so this, this, this stream here is estimated percentage of un, uninsured motorists in the U S. Um, if you get hit by someone that is an uninsured motorist, obviously they have zero coverage. So it falls back on your insurance if you have uninsured motorist coverage, right? Your cheapest level auto policies do not come with 
uninsured or underinsured. The average vehicle price, um, I can't remember who posted it the other day, it might have been Edmonds. Um, the average new vehicle price broke $40,000. It's sitting at $44,000 for a new vehicle. That's the average price of a new vehicle right now. Um, mandatory state minimums in the state of Utah are $25,50, meaning that $50,000 is all the insurance that I have to carry. So that barely covers the cost of a new car. That doesn't include the medical. That doesn't include, you know, the, my own injuries. That doesn't include the cost of my car. That doesn't include, you know, so making sure to have uninsured and underinsured on your auto policy is extremely important. Um, it's not super expensive and it's worth it all day long. Um, all right, key takeaways for today. We're a little bit over time. Not all carriers accept land trusts, but most do. And if your carrier will not accept a land trust, get a new policy because I don't want you to have a claim. Umbrellas only extend existing coverage. Don't expect everyone to carry insurance. Cover your assets. Um, make sure your land trust, LLC, operating company, management company, or listed as a digital insured, and make sure you trust your agent. Chris. Why do you need your land trust covered? I, and I guess let me clarify that. If the beneficial interest of the land trust is something that is covered, why, why do you care if they cover it or not? The land trust has to be listed on your policy because the land trust is who is on title. Okay. That's, that's the name. The, the name that shows up on the title of the property, on the deed, has to be listed on the insurance policy. Otherwise, there's no coverage, period. Right? So if you have a lawsuit and your name is covered and the land trust is in the lawsuit too, and you just say, okay, well, don't, don't represent the land trust. Just represent me Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, or the LLC. I, I mean, I, I guess, but I see your city. Look, there's wiggle room with insurance companies. And if that's one of their stipulations that they won't cover it, they could deny maybe coverage. So it's not worth the they, risk. They will. If, if, if whoever is on title is not listed on the policy, they will definitely deny coverage on that on that claim for that property. Good to know. And so, yeah. So we want to make sure you you need to make sure that you're covered. Um, so we're we're four minutes over time here. Um, here's the link um, if you want to book an insurance consult with me. Um, it takes you to a little quiz. You just fill out the quiz and then it pulls up my calendar and, and you can book a, uh, uh, thing with me there.